crazy talk. Hey, everybody. This is Jonathan Medina, and you're listening to Crazy Talk, episode 10, where there's more Medina. And more Frank. And uh, we have uh, also KYT and Alex, as usual. <laughs> How's it going, guys? That sounded a little too yeah. monotone. Where was where was the crazy? Oh yeah, I forgot crazy. <laughs> I mean crazy. That's better. <laughs> Do you want me to? All right. I I think I think KYT can uh, keep his job in the long run though. <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep hey. I'll keep the job of opening. Yeah, but I'm I'm operating on you know I'm operating on so many hours of sleep here so. You know, well, you gotta, I'm operating you know, on so many hours of sleep. You know, it's like so <laughs> many. I mean, so Medina, little, so little. Well, honestly, Jonathan, what has been uh, cutting in on your sleep? Trading overnight now, <laughs> <laughs> like uh, in general, uh, just all the writing, the answering emails, the Twitter, the all that crap. Like, I have a regular job, you know. So I get up at six in the morning and go to my regular job and I work until about six at night, you know? So, so doing all this other stuff after work just is, uh, definitely cuts into my sleep and, uh, you know, some, some weeks I just crash, you know? It's like so, the movie, right? That movie was awesome, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so do you have a question, Frank? Yeah, well, you just answered it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, so you're 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 too busy outside of work, and uh, you, you're you're losing out on sleep. I, I told you, two podcasts is uh, unhuman, man. <laughs> oh, so, dude, dude, you were totally right about that. Like, <laughs> double casting is just—it's insane. It's insane, man. Our, so our listeners better oh. encourage both of us to keep going. I actually feel it's unfair for my second cast because. I end up being more tired of uh, <laughs> talking on a second. It's just like the the way it's scheduled. But we are discussing about rescheduling it so that you know you don't I sound even more talk, fresh. dude. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I'm the glue. I'm the glue. Please, oh, commenters, more KYT this time. More KYT. <laughs> so, um, Medina's like all, rubber, and you're glue. <laughs> <laughs> So is it like, is it like, is that why we get more comments? Because we have the full, the full potential of KYT. And then like, <laughs> when you go to A team, like the comments just drop off, dude. <laughs> um, so anyways, onto real content. What we're going to talk about is obviously our weekend or, or week of legacy. Me and Frank decided to play Tuesday night legacy again. We're going to talk about cards in Euphorexia. Um, John's obviously maybe t- gonna touch a bit upon his TTT, but I'm gonna leave. I assume he's gonna wanna delve more about it in his other podcasts. And last but not least, I know Alex feels really strongly about the recent uh, rating date change that will really affect uh, the attendance of certain Canadians for GP Providence. We'll end the show with that. So starting with, I guess, uh, Frank, what did you play? Last night at Tuesday Night Legacy, I was uh, I was playing a uh, a countertop top third deck, uh, a top third uh, sword uh, deck basically, 
And Did we ever talk about this deck on the cast? We we haven't really talked about it, but like I think we touched on it briefly. Yeah, we've uh, we've uh, but we've mentioned like all these uh, the countertop deck, which basically run counterbalance and senses divining top to uh, as a kind of a soft lock on the game to to counter this every spell that uh, your opponent will cast. And uh, there's some of these decks also include the the the, the combo of Topter Foundry. Sort of the meek, and uh, use use that to uh, win the game. So it it just st- tries to stabilize the board and win using that combination. Yeah, exactly. And uh, well, the combo is pretty strong because bo- once you have both pieces in play, for every mana that you uh, you spend, you get uh, a one-one flying topter. And and a life, so you can go down in life, and then you'll you like if you manage to get the combo out, like you can regain all your your life and uh, bash them with uh, flying topters. So how how was your evening? My evening was uh, was a little <laughs> bit difficult. I didn't do uh, very well. I went uh, uh, one three. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to laugh. Sorry, to, that's that's my job. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, it's a, it's a difficult game, man. Uh, you don't you don't always get the free wins. My my first round was uh, against the. Uh, it was a mirror match, actually. Uh, one one difference that uh, that my deck had that that like compared to like other other lists that you that have been played recently. Was that I was running four main deck, uh, Dark Confident. So I was kind of like trying, uh, that out. Okay. And, uh, the first, the first round was against, uh, the, the, it was a mirror match. And, uh, in both games I basically, uh, I, I got locked down, uh, by the, the, the Sensei's Divining Top Counterbalance, uh, and I, I I couldn't really I I was never able to kind of pull ahead you know even though I uh, I like I made the game last like really long but I I, I wasn't able to win. <laughs> what's the key? What's the key in that mirror match? Well, I guess uh, like it's it's draw dependent a little bit. Okay, like it's like if you get your. Your your combo out uh, faster than the other, then you're you're gonna win, basically. <laughs> and uh, and there like one card that was kind of one card that in the deck that's kind of key is um, uh, I think it's called the Academy's Ruin. Okay. Uh, am I am I uh, think- Academy Ruins? Yeah. Academy Ruins. Yeah. Because uh, that's that, that's like a, that's a legendary land that lets you put back artifact on top of your library. So if you get that out, then uh, like if they try to counter or destroy your uh, like part of the combo, uh, the I mean the the topter uh, the topter sword combo, uh, you can you can get well it's mostly the topter uh, foundry. The topter foundry, yeah. Yeah, Doesn't that gets destroyed, yeah. 
So yeah, so the, if if you get that land out, then you can always recur it, you know. And uh, and what happened is that like I, I was able like in the second game I I, I kind of took the lead, but then he 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 came back and he, he was able to uh, get <laughs> you, get get his combo out. Were you running your own uh, academy runes? Yeah, I was I was running my own, but like you have one, like I'm I was running one, and it was because it's legendary. So if you have multiple, it's not that good. But uh, yeah, but then you can legend rule his, you know. Yeah, uh, in one game that that happened, but uh, he still won. A, he, there had was them, a... he had them in, like when you have them in play, you don't need to put them back. Graveyard. There was a match in Extended where I was playing Thopter. Doctor uh Doctor Polymorph. And um we both had our Academy runes in play for like six turns. <laughs> now that's nothing. I've actually seen a match in extended at a PTQ where both players had Jace the Mind Sculptor in play and were using it to brainstorm on their their own turns like, yeah, isn't like, that the sick, is, they're like, like, Oh man <laughs> I need an yeah. answer for his Jace. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you should check out Mana Deprived. Uh, there's a comic for about Jace killing Jace. <laughs> pretty, pretty funny one. <laughs> By Peter Sacklass. That seems to happen uh, now and again, I've seen. Two people with uh, two legendary, like... Hey, I, I killed my own Thrun with Thrun, so... <laughs> yeah, well, when I was started playing, like, so many times, people would kill their own Isamaru with the second Isamaru. Be like... <laughs> <laughs> or, or like, oh man, one jit's good. You know what's better than a second? And then having like one jit, a second jit. It's like actually <laughs> no. <laughs> well, I I I legend ruled myself playing against you in a game. I had two Vendillion clicks out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> we all have our our little stories with that rule. <laughs> with the legend rule. Yeah. <laughs> so Frank, are uh, you well, playing? Are you playing the Drew like the the Drew Levin build of this, um, or is it a different different build? It was it was a different build. I kind of kind I kind of built it like for myself. Like I I decided like okay I'm gonna build a uh, a counter top uh, top third depth uh, top third uh, top third sword deck with uh, dark confident and but you know I what? like. I, I looked at like I looked at the other counterbalance list a little bit to uh, see what cards and I tried it. I I uh, like so the mirror like the mirror match is is cl- is a close game. It's a, it's a little bit uh, it's draw dependent, but uh, at the second round I played against a junk deck and uh, a junk deck. I mean, and I I beat it. I beat I beat it. And then, uh. <laughs> the only deck you beat in the tournament. <laughs> well, KYK, yeah, you in... played in that tournament too, though, right? Right. And what did you beat? Oh, I, I'll, I'll talk about it after Frank, okay. but it's uh, pretty funny. The, the next, um, the next round I played against Elves, and, uh, both games I, like I, I I couldn't hit three lands, so uh, <laughs> that that was it. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't good. So so you didn't learn anything then? <laughs> not no, not really. But like against the elf deck, like I had the explosives and they were really uh, 
explosive. They were really good. <laughs> they were really good against it because it has a lot of one drops. Okay. And uh, second game, I had the uh, I had the uh, engineered explosive. Uh, not not engineered plague. Yeah. So that that was also good good against it, but uh, when you don't get to three lands, you you can't play it. Yeah. <laughs> actually, actually, I was about to play it, and the guy uh, Crozen gripped my uh, artifact land, and then I was dead. <laughs> <laughs> did he do this on on his turn or? Yeah, he did this on his turn. I thir- I forced a uh, a regal force that would have drawn him ten cards. Oh, so you got pissed off and corrosive gripped your land. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's what happened. So, like, I got a quick question. So, there's 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 a version of this deck that's doing well. Um, I, I know it's not Drew Levin's list; it's what he's been running. It's uh, someone else made it. I don't remember who made it. But like, why wouldn't you just run that list? Why did you feel the need to innovate? Well, it it was just uh, for fun. Wow, you never put Frank on a spot like that, John, ever in uh, all ten nine episodes. Well, it's just it's a question. It's a good question because like a lot of our listeners might be tempted to go and like build versions of these legacy decks, you know. And I'm I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just curious of like why why Frank did it, you know? What what what's the reasoning behind it? Because I want to pra- practice my deck building. Okay. Fair. I don't know. I I I I secretly think that it's because he's been listening to the gathering, and uh, <laughs> and you know, there's by the innovator himself. <laughs> exactly. And a song, you know, about brewmasters and whatever. And the- yeah. I I actually like when I said innovate, I had that thing play in my head over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. It's actually um, one of my more one of my more favorite songs because it pre- it was it previewed on taps for a while and I never listened to the full track until last night. Yeah, I love the uh, I love that uh, that like what would you even call it the the melody there? Like <laughs> I think that's a sick sick melody. Like it's really good. <laughs> Frank, we'll we'll talk uh, about the album I guess quickly yeah. after finish up your uh, roundup. Yeah, my and my last round uh, was like <laughs> this is funny. Was against the, it's the Cloud Pose deck basically. Yeah. It runs. Uh, it's a. Uh, it's a blue green. It runs uh, all the, uh, the. All these. Yeah, it runs all these. It runs the the Locust Land Cloud Post and uh, Glimmer Post, uh, as well as Vesuvas, and uh, it runs. Uh, Sensei's Divining Top, it runs uh, a bunch of Eldrazi's, Candelabras of Thanos, and uh, Primeval Titan. And uh, against, and uh, it, it also the Trinket Mage also. So it, against, against the, the, the countertop deck, it, it's, uh, it's really a good matchup for them because they basically have nothing in your deck. That stops like all like their biggest uh, spells. That those are the ones that you'd want to be countering, but like you can counter any of them with uh, your mana cost. So you mean you don't have any fifteen converted mana cost spells in your deck? Yeah, no, I don't. Cool? Uh... <laughs> Which can't be countered anyways. But 
<laughs> I know I built the deck, but like I didn't, <laughs> I didn't put something that caused that much. Well, see, that's why you're not a deck builder. See, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm an aspiring deck builder. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Frank, wasn't there something really special about this opponent? Yeah, well, yeah, the guy was playing like his deck was like it was it was not all French, but it was mostly French. And uh, something you might not know about French cards is that, like, the translation, I, I don't know uh, who pulls them out of their asses, but they're awful, man. And it's not, it's definitely not translated in Canada, because, like, some of these words I, I, I didn't really understand. And, like, Keep in every, mind time, every time the guy was playing a, uh, a card, he would kind of like name it in French, and like <laughs> all the French name for like the phases of the game, like they're 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 all they all sound like a little funny, you know. And he was naming like every phase, and he was like playing every card, like being very uh, verbose about it, you know. Give us an example. Come on, I want I want to hear. He it. would be like, "Je joue un gay des nuages." <laughs> and then he was like, oh, "I what's the name of the other word? Oh, je joue un avant-poste du vide rayonnant." <laughs> he he was um, yeah, I like I think those are the that's why there's French <laughs> jokes, you know, like Jay Bush and <laughs> I mean, keep in mind that Frank Knows French, and, and, and this is what kills me the most about Man, this. I'm like the like I'm an advocate for French. No, like Poutine is the best thing ever created, but uh, that guy he got me on tilt. <laughs> he was naming every land that he played. That was like the killer, from what you told me, right? Like <laughs> he had like, to name them all. Avant poste du vide rayonnage, gang six points. <laughs> so he he mind tricked you. Oh man, he he beat me mentally and physically. <laughs> at the end, yeah. I was just like, I'm at seven life. Okay, take six from Bob. Crack a fetch line. I'm. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's funny. I wonder how how he'll play outside of Quebec, though. <laughs> hey, I told him if you, if you try to pull that shit in Provenance, they're not uh, they're not gonna understand. <laughs> but isn't that an advantage when people don't actually know what your cards do, but think they do? Yeah, it is an advantage for sure. Yeah, like you know, you I, know I I played with the... a I once played with a misprinted um, Maloku the. In, in a in a tournament, the the Spanish one that made that says it makes tutus. Yep. Though of course I was always just making one was and like attacking for one, but like one of my opponents who d had never seen Moloku before is like, "Wow, this card's really good." <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "Oh yeah. crap! How much?" I was gonna say, did, did you like, like did you like cheat with it? That's pretty no, messed no. up. No, I, I always made one one tokens. So, but like, it was just funny because he, he thought that they would be two twos because he never bothered to ask a judge or whatever what the card does or ask me even if it was right. <laughs> so, it, did you like, did you at least like make 10 one ones and then swing and be like, kill you? And just look at him <laughs> like, 
okay, is it over? And then he'll be like, yeah, okay, scoop him up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. Because the thing is, like, there's no point in doing that, first of all, because, you know, you have ten tokens in a Moloku, you're not losing anyways. But, <laughs> but, but like, no, it's it, it just funny because he's like, oh, crap, you know, I, I'm dead in, like, two turns. Like, well, actually, it's more like three or four turns. <laughs> <laughs> There's there's a known uh, scenario that happened with uh, Jerry T where he was playing a a Japanese Inkwell Leviathan and uh, the the guy was like the guy was playing against him like he like he couldn't read the card <laughs> so <laughs> like he went on like what he remembered the card did and like he forgot like it was either. Uh, Trample or Island Walk. I think I think he forgot he forgot it had Trample. Yeah, and uh, he lost the game, and he was kind of pissed about it. <laughs> there was a there was a game I was playing when I f- like first started playing, and I was running Textless Condemns. Okay. And so the guy like uh, he hit me with a discard spell. And he seen that I had Condemns in my hand, so he had like huge creatures, but he wouldn't swing at me. Because he thought Condemned said... No, no, no. He wouldn't block my creatures. Because he thought Condemned said blocking creature. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, I just kept swinging at him and just, like, he wouldn't block. And then, like, when he was almost dead, he finally was like, okay, I guess I gotta block. And so he blocks, and then he's like, okay, like, he figured that I was gonna cast the Condemned on his big dude, you know? And he's like, so is it, like, you gain power or toughness? I'm like, dude, that's for attacking creatures. (laughs) And then he's like, oh, Shit, reading his tech, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Man, that reminds me. Of, I so like this friend. I was I was not like a very seasoned player, but I've been playing for like a while, you know. And I I, I got competitive pretty quickly once I started playing. So I had I had this. It was like Ravnica standard, and I had this farming control deck, you know, Wrath of Gods, Compulsive Research, Remands, bunch of Signets, Farming Angels. Anyways. And, and a friend of mine's like, you know, there's this other card store in town, you should come here, Gamer's World or whatever. And I'm like, okay, I guess I'll check it out, you know, the tournament. So I go there for a tournament, and like, it's, I just felt bad that like, I had a, you know, I had a real deck, and all these guys are playing like, you know, very, very casual decks. And the, then like, round three, you know, I'm, I'm 2-0 obviously, and I'm paired against this guy. And then, you know, he plays, like, one drop, you know, Savannah Lions or whatever, two drop, three drop, four drop, and then, like, I play Textlet the Wrath of God, and he, like, turns it over, like, that card's cool, what does it do? I'm like, you don't know what Wrath of God does? He's like, no. I'm like, it says, destroy all creatures, they can't be regenerated. He's like, wow, that's a good card. (laughs) (laughs) And, yeah, I, I won that game. (laughs) <laughs> so so what are we advocating now playing foreign slash textless deck <laughs> yeah why wouldn't we advocate that that's awesome yeah, especially because jonathan medina makes more money from selling and trading those cards right oh right, yeah am, man. I, am I right i'm all about the japanese foils that's right <laughs> is there a, well i think we talked about this on the show is there a foreign candlestick no damn yeah <laughs> What, you know, what? You, you got you got to get them altered. That's what you got to do. What, like, <laughs> is it like so? I guess antiquities. Like, there's no foreigns. It, what are their sets? Uh, or like only in English? I have no idea. I don't Man, know. I thought you knew shit like that. Yeah, like probably like on a regular, like a good day, I probably know that. But 
right now I don't know that. <laughs> oh, you you can't tap into into that knowledge right now. Yeah, my my brain's blocked. <laughs> I, I mean, you don't need to know that to sell people cards, right? You know, if you have a foreign card, you sell it. You know, you don't say, "Man, I wonder if this card could ever not be foreign," because it's foreign. <laughs> I wonder what sets don't have foreign cards. Like, who cares? <laughs> hey, Frank cares. Frank cares. Oh, man. He cares very deeply, okay? I'm going to quickly wrap well, out. Our- I, can oh, I, okay. like, can I wrap out my, uh, my little tournament uh, experience? Oh, okay. Go ahead. Okay, so. I thought you were done after the French ranting. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, well, I think, I think, like, what I, kind of took out of that is that um, <laughs> I'm like I'm not sure if I I should be playing uh, uh, a countertop deck because it's it's the known control deck in the format so like there's a lot of strategies out there that like are kind of built to beat that matchup so I like I think it has for me it has like too much of a target on its head to yeah, that, uh, to run that, the one the one that uh, Drew Levin runs runs the counterbalances in the sideboard. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what uh, that's what the the meta game's at right now. And yeah, see, I mean, you would have been ahead of that if you would have just ran, <laughs> you know, the, the deck list oh, from, from online, right? You know, well, I've seen a oh, list man. too that just plays one because you played Lightning Tutor, and so you could set up the combo if need be. Yeah, so I was deck. I was also running uh, Tutor. Yeah, I, I think that's what uh, Drew said that, like, initially he was running one or two main deck, and then he just figured that it's it's really not worth it, so he just put them all on the sideboard. Well, I think it really depends on, like, the meta game, right? Because on Tuesday, around them Tuesday Legacy tournaments, there's, like, you know, 16 people or whatever, and you know, like, what most of them play, right? So, like, everybody's metagaming against each other. Cause it's like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. The count for that line is going up. <laughs> this is the craziest podcast I've been on all week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, so talking um, about metagaming against each other, KYT, what did you play? <laughs> is Frank done? Because we never know when Frank's done because he has... Like you said before the show, limitless knowledge. So, um, Frank. Yeah. Well. Uh, yeah. I'm. Uh, let's say I'm done for now. <laughs> for now. Okay. But uh, if you want to tap in again later, uh, <laughs> there's a GPT coming up this weekend, and there's there's a deck I'm gonna be playing. Okay. And uh, maybe we'll talk about that later. You already know said uh, the deck that you wanna. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm brewing a little bit, so oh, another, oh, another brew, okay, okay. Yeah. another. So John's predicting a failure. Yeah, let, let us know how that works out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'll let you guys know. So maybe I decided... maybe I want to sign it off against you guys uh, <laughs> before I actually pull the trigger. Sounds good. You'll you'll be able to contribute to my success, Jonathan. I'm sure you're glad. I would much appreciate that. I'd I'd love to contribute to your success. Ah, oh, you're amazing. <laughs> I know. KYT, resume. Okay, resume. Um, so <laughs> I played uh, Merfolk because it's, I think, obviously going to be the most uh, popular deck 
at Providence, at least, well, maybe not obviously, but predicted by many. And even if I don't end up playing it, at least I'll have some experience uh, with it should I play against it. And uh, Drew Levin talking to him a lot, he's, he thinks it's a safe choice. Chapin thought it was a safe choice and that it's one of the good decks that gained... Uh, that obviously benefits from mental missteps, whereas the other decks, you know, the jury's still out on whether it's actually good or bad in certain aggro decks. There's many debates and discussions about that. But for Merfolk, it's it's an obvious uh, four of. And uh, played it, went two and two. I beat two decks that uh, Alex had a good laugh at. I beat <laughs> Valakut. In Legacy, so that wasn't <laughs> and too hard. what other deck in Legacy? <laughs> and, I, and I played like green, against the Green Black Infect, so um, <laughs> that actually had a shot of killing me because Merfolk just doesn't have, you know, as you know, not much bounce, if at all, in the main deck zero. And so your, your only, my real, only real out had, was Kira to block his Plague Stinger, and if he had just had more pump spells... I was gonna die to like, uh, turn four infect. And that was pretty funny, but I ended up beating him. Um, I ended up siding in submerges because he was playing, uh, green black. So if he went pump, 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 I could just bounce it back to his hand and, and win easily from there. I think the, the only funny thing about this, uh, person, and I hope he listens to this cast, I guess, was, you know how you've, you've played someone and there's always going to be that guy who jokes about asking you to concede to him? Yeah. Right? We've all had that. This guy asked me ten times, literally. I said no. We're like, he asked me three other times while we're shuffling. No, I said no. Opening hand, he asked me again, like, I don't, he didn't get it. And then I wasn't even laughing. I was like, man, this is, this is pissing me off. Like, shut up. And, <laughs> but, but he wouldn't stop. I'm like, you know, I'm KYT. I'm known to always laugh, but this is uh, this isn't funny. <laughs> so, like, so, what, what was on the line? Like, why did he want you to concede so bad? I don't know. I think he was just. He said he, he was new to legacy. Back. Yeah, he wanted a booster back. He said he's a, a new player, and the only win that he's ever had in legacy. Well, he's a new legacy player, rather, and he only started a month ago. Was he won a game, a match where his opponent was not there? Or something. So he really wanted his to win his first real match of Legacy. But why would you want to win your real match through asking some guy to concede? Yeah, that's kind of uh, weird. To all you listeners, I mean, like the joke is so old. I, I I can't believe I go to national qualifiers and someone will actually say that to me. I mean, it's not funny. Like I laugh <laughs> at everything. I laugh at literally everything, and I'm telling you that this is not funny. So oh man, we need Matt, to we need you- to. You you were on tilt, man. Yeah, he's tilting wow. hardcore. We need to change his quote to "It's not funny." <laughs> hey, real quick, um, just a correction: Submerge puts the creature on top of their owner's life. Oh, it's even better than that. My bad. It's yeah, even yeah. better. Were you playing with uh, like French cards so you couldn't maybe read it or? <laughs> I hope maybe maybe I should if I bring Merfolk maybe you can help me foreign it up or something. Um, 
But then, like, I'm new to Legacy, so it would hurt me as much as it would hurt the opponent if, it, if at like, all. You're, like, looking at your cards, you don't know what they do, you're like, crap. <laughs> <laughs> you're asking for Oracle decks for your own fucking cards. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, well, this was a bad idea. Um, <laughs> I've done that before. I lost to... I go, go ahead, John, before I go. I just, I was just saying, I've done that before and it's an embarrassing. Like, <laughs> when, you, when you look at your card and you're just like, well, I really have to make a play here, but I have no idea what this does. So you're just like, judge! <laughs> the person's looking at you like, what? You know? And you're like, uh, can I get some Oracle and you hand him your own card? <laughs> the guy just looks over at you like, you freaking donk. <laughs> And uh, one of the many long line of embarrassing experiences for Jonathan Medina. <laughs> yeah, one of the most embarrassing is when I woke up next to your mom and then realized. <laughs> Go ahead, I, think you, I think you don't know what the word your means. <laughs> I think you're Man, okay. by, you know? Just time out here, time out. So I lost against <laughs> Felix Lapin, a guy we've mentioned briefly in every cast pretty much and and he listens to all our shows like from beginning to end so he's again there, thanks he's there every Felix. week so he's gonna keep getting mentioned <laughs> <laughs> and he's and he happens to be one of the nicest guy i've uh maybe it's my short-term experience with him but i don't know if alex can back me up but he comes across as one of the nicest guy that i've ever played against and um i lost to his protein hulk deck um i mean it's he says merfolk is a good matchup for him, because after board he has scented swarms and uh, cabal therapies, etc. And like game two, I felt pretty comfortable. I had force, uh, days, uh, spell pierce, but he really forced me. Like he, I think he cabal therapy. Then he played a scented swarm, and maybe I'm mistaken, Alice, but I should force that right, or else it renders all the other counter spells in my hand completely useless unless I have. A flying merfolk. No. Even nope. if you have a flying merfolk, it like he only needs to attack with it one turn really with his deck, right? So what what is it just it it doesn't have to even connect? Right, it just no. has to attack. Okay, so so I shouldn't even counter that? Oh no, I should counter that anyways, yeah. right? Well like okay. unless you have like a submerge, right? If you have a submerge you can put it on top of his deck or whatever. But uh right. But like okay, so I Go ahead. But yeah, I like. I think you you want to generally counter that because okay. Otherwise, you, you say you draw force will off the top or whatever. If you force that, then it's useful. If you didn't, then it's completely dead. That's okay. basically the that's only a... scenario where it matters. Plus, like maybe he'll still be a little afraid of something. Some players, you know, are overly scared of counter spells. Like sometimes you just have to go for it, right? Just has to be right. like if he has a force of will, like another one or whatever that's good for him, you know. But like. I have a very good chance of if I if he doesn't have a force I just win, and there's a very good chance he does not have another force so I'll just go for it. But some people aren't like that. Some people are like, oh, I have to wait until I'm a hundred percent sure, and, <laughs> and and that way you get them. But so, I, I think you definitely have to force there because otherwise, you know, he's just going to attack with it, and then the, he, there's no right. like questions left in his mind anymore. That you can't do anything. He's just going to kill you. That, well, thanks for that, because as a new player, I think I, I've asked you guys, like, what what's the key, like, in Dredge, what's the key card to force? Because I think that's one of the more important questions for me, because I am investing two cards, so it better be 
the right card. I did bring in some merges, but he ended up ha- having another Zented Swarm, and then my, my spell piercing days were useless as he proceeded to combo off with uh, Pattern of Rebirth. Now, I've talked to Drew about this, like, briefly, then, then send him the decklist of Felix's deck because I don't really have it. But Drew thinks that it's, that cards that are four mana, that are not named Jace or Natural Order, he's not scared of. But I think, what do you think, Alex, since you've actually played against and are more familiar with Felix's deck than I am? I think if you're faced against Felix's deck, you should be afraid, very afraid. Okay? And if he plays a pattern of rebirth, like, he, his deck has so many different sack outlets that it's basically a natural order. Like, that's basically what it does in his deck. It's it's not quite as good, but it's almost the same thing. So, like, you know, Drew Levin's logic doesn't quite follow through there because, you know, the pattern of rebirth is going to find him as Protean Hulk, and then he's going to sacrifice that and kill you. So. Yeah. There's so much synergy, Protean Hall, with Cabal Therapy. It's, it's, uh, I was like, I felt blown out. <laughs> this deck sounds insane. It's actually a pretty cool deck. Like, at first, I was very skeptical, as I am of most things. But, uh, like, the more, you know, I've seen it in action, and Green Sun Zenith definitely helped it a lot, because it, it works as another mana accelerant, which the deck needed, plus, uh, you can find Xanthid Swarms. Oh it, the, deck used, the deck used to play uh, Living Wish instead, but I think the Green Sun Zenith is much better. Also, can find like Quasali Pride Mage to kill various things or whatever. Um, yeah, and, this deck and, like, sounds really cool. And it's it's pretty cool. Like uh, you know, it, and Felix really knows how to play his deck like perfectly. He's played it so much that you know he he almost always like makes the optimal play. And it's it's definitely you know I don't want to sit across from Felix Lepan playing that deck, which is not something I would have said when I first saw it, so. (laughs) (laughs) But, so John, you haven't played against anything like this where they combo off with Revelark, Body Double, and Mog Fanatic? In EDH. And, uh, and I mean, we used to play this, uh, Revelark, you know, Body Double combo and Extend It and stuff. Um, but, you know, I, I think we used, uh, it wasn't Mog Fanatic, it was like Bile Urchin or something. Because, okay. cause like, the Mog Fanatic is damage, and there was some kind of relevancy about, like, taking damage versus losing life. Okay. Uh, but the thing is, with the Mog Fanatic, you can shoot their creatures, like, in the combo or whatever, you know? So, I don't know. It's kind of, uh, I, I, I know the type of deck it is, but I just didn't know there was a legacy version, you know? I, jo- I joked with Felix about, uh, like, he's going to have the surprise factor GP, but if if we have as many listeners as we think we have, maybe maybe some people will know what's up when they face up with him. Well, this but. is the first time you've actually mentioned what the deck is. Okay, yeah. Because before you were like, yeah, Felix LePain and his deck, you know. <laughs> it's so, like, insane, and I was just thinking to myself, man, what deck is this, you know? But now all the listeners know exactly his tech, so good job, KYT. <laughs> <laughs> He'll love He'll love the celebrity uh, of this. I mean, I bet we'll have commenters asking for the list, and I'm sure uh, Felix is going to keep it to himself. And But he has already thought of adjustments and new cards to add with new Phyrexia, so really, like, he's one to watch, and if he does 
top eight, I'm I'll be extremely happy to. I'll be the first one to congratulate him. We should yep. we should post his picture on the on the site. <laughs> <laughs> so when uh, when he goes to Providence, people will will be like, "Oh, you're famous deck builder Felix Pan. <laughs> I have your autograph, sir." Yeah, sign my Putin hawks. I'm down with that. <laughs> so then the other deck I lost to uh, was was it regular ant or I mean Alex was yeah, watching was, from the episode. It was I, I, yeah, I watched you get creamed. It was really funny. Um, <laughs> am I, I supposed? What's the game plan for me? I mean, I'll ask John. What's the game plan? Merfolk versus ant. Well. Just so you know, like, if it has um, multiple colors, then it's like Tez, you know? But if it's, uh, if it's like a blue-black deck, then it's Ant. Is that right, Alex? Uh, yeah, basically. I mean, I it don't was... think you call it Tez anymore, because Tez is something else, but it's Tezzeret usually, right? But uh, Not Tez. Tess. Tess. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean. The yeah, Epic yeah. Storm. Yeah, I'm not talking about Tezzeret, douchebag. <laughs> well, but I'm just saying the way you you pronounced it could be misinterpreted. Hey, don't but make yeah. fun of the way I pronounce things, all right? <laughs> so John, anyways, John, which one do you have more experience with, both? or? Uh, I have more experience with the, just the blue-black. Uh, not okay, that's the, what I played against. Yeah, not the multicolor. And, like, for me, out of Merfolk, it's tough. It's tough for Merfolk because I have discard spells, and right. their clock isn't particularly fast. So, like, what I'm going to probably try to do is not kill them on turn one, is just basically uh, get some disruption going. And, I mean, if they can counter your your ad nauseum, that's the big thing, you know? You're just kind of screwed. So, so I mean, as a as a um, Merfolk player, like, if you have spell pierces or something, I wouldn't want, as the Merfolk player, I wouldn't want him to see what's in my hand, you know? Right. Because then, then he might think I have a force of will. So, like, you can be, like, spell-piercing his, uh, or now mental misstepping his discard, and I think that Merton matchup gets a lot better. I didn't, uh, what's his name right about that? Uh, Ari Lax? I, I missed that article. Because <laughs> yeah. I missed that article. Oh, okay. <laughs> My bad. You, you missed that article? Oh, yeah, you did a mental misstep. Yeah, you yeah, should I actually mi- read that article, because if you're going to be running Merfolk, he, go, he runs it through, like, the matchup. And he he says it doesn't like gain a whole heck of a lot, but it's still it's really relevant. It's relevant that it gets rid of their discard spells. I I think we need to run that link in the show notes because uh, people pre- preparing for uh, yeah, for yeah Providence a, they 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 need to read this. Yeah, did you read it? Yeah, I read it. Yeah. Man, so like the so, man, he just he, he just like. <laughs> You know, he has so much time for, you know, time for then kids. I, then I uh, I turn around and I build my own decks, man. <laughs> That's such so like, a waste. <laughs> so to answer your question in like a short form, the is it's trying to get avoid getting discard your your hand discarded and then uh, okay. try to force a will there ad nauseum. Is that correct, Alex? Um well I mean I think that's important, but I think the the real important thing is to put you have to have Clock plus disruption, which is like what the Merfolk deck is trying to accomplish, right? You yeah. want to put them, you want to play out like guys quickly, and you want to have like a couple of counter spells, yeah, usually for the discard. And you want to, you know, so that they don't know that you don't have a force or that they can't hit your force or whatever. 
Um, and you need to make it so that they're, they're in a low life when they cast that nauseum or whatever. And often, you know, or or they don't get the chance to like ill-gotten gains you. Basically, basically, you know, Medina was right, but like I think it's very important that you put them on a fast clock with like pressure. They have to be under pressure because if they have enough time to set up shop, and like then they can for sure just see your hand and then go off completely safely. You want them to, you know, usually you're not fast enough to stop them from to kill them before they can go off, but you can at least like pressure them into going off faster than they'd be comfortable with, or when there's some sort of danger involved with them going off. Yeah, and then if they go the if they have ill-gotten gains in their deck, um, and they go they go to ill-gotten gains. Remember that you can like use your force of wheels or whatever from you can get your force of wheels from your graveyard. So like it's kind of like one of those situations, you know. I didn't, I actually didn't like the first time I played the storm deck. I didn't realize that the other guy gets to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh. like. So, Jonathan yeah, Medina, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> well, it, it's true. In the, so the other guy, divorce. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the other guy just like picked up a force wheel, you know? <laughs> wow. Yeah. And then you're like, what? What? Well, yeah, as, he, as the ad player, you have to get back a duress or thoughts use or whatever, is along with like ritual infernal tutor. Yeah, that's what that's what happened. Is he was just like it was just like. I did that, and then I didn't get the obviously didn't get the discard because I didn't yeah. even think, you know. And then he's like, "Oh, I'll get this force of will." Or, or one one tricky dude. This is really tricky. One time I was playing against a junk player, and I destroyed his um his cannonist. I did this totally out of order. Okay, I I slaughter packed his cannonist, and then okay. I ill got gains, but he had an ether vial on the board <laughs> at two, and he hadn't tapped it. So then I was just like, yeah, ill-gotten gains. Like I just didn't even think about it. And then he gets his cannabis back, and then it's like, okay, ether violet in. And then I couldn't play any more spells because I had already played one for the turn. So he just shut me off completely. But how could you have done that in a different order? That would uh, help. Let me think. There was a way that, like... I think you just boned in, you know? No, no, no. Uh, there's a way I could have used my bounce spell for his uh, ether vial or something, like the previous. You had a bounce spell and a, and a slaughter pact. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, then, then clearly, yeah. If you you bounce his ether vial, then slaughter pact his guy on your untap, and then he'll go and get yeah, yeah. His, yeah. 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 So, but I didn't. So even, basically, like, you had the bounce spell, but you just missed that he could vial back in the. Yeah, yeah. I just ignored the vial because I'm like, at this point, it doesn't matter. I'm going to win this turn. <laughs> like, who cares if the creatures in play, right? And and so like, yeah. Or yeah, there was some kind of weird thing where like, yeah, I don't remember. I don't want to get into like because I don't have, really like signs that say yeah. like no smoking or whatever. It has like a cigarette smoking and like a line through it. We need to yeah. make like a sign that's like has your picture on it and a line through it. Like, don't play like Jonathan Medina. <laughs> <laughs> well this is this is all when i first started playing the deck i got pretty proficient with it over time you know but like when i first started playing these are like uh mistakes that i made in the beginning you know sounds great now well, Alex, uh, like the right? in the, in that matchup also for merfolk like like the key spells to counter or like as we said they're like a, the nauseam the ill-gotten gains but right. like sometimes I think you have to stop the the tutor that will get them there. 
is that uh, a valid point or or well, are you wrong? Well, I mean, I th- I think generally the tutor is is gonna be cast like when you they've already ripped your hand to shreds. Like they're not gonna like be like tutor stack lines I diamond in response and you're like force a will. You know they're usually not gonna put themselves <laughs> in, in that scenario. If you can do that, do that. Okay, why? Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, if you're in the position of that position, you'd do that. Or, or, or you could be a huge dick and like slow roll them, and you'd be like tutor resolves, and like they're like yeah, and then they go get ill-gotten gains. They're like ill-gotten gains. They're like where's Will? And they're like fuck uh, you. Because <laughs> then they're ill-gotten gains is in their graveyard, so they, there's like there's no chance of them winning anymore, really. Like other than. I guess ad nauseum in, in, like into enough rituals and tendrils. Like the other thing is like you got to be careful that they don't have the storm count to just go get tendrils if you're going to be not countering. Yeah, yeah, of course. You know, like you could just you know get killed. <laughs> yeah, you don't want you don't want to be too greedy, but I mean, normally just countering the tutor there seems seems like the correct play, but like the the value play is just being like. Yeah, resolves. You're there, just like you know, like like I was playtesting some uh, some legacy earlier, and I you know my I'm playing against my friend. He's playing uh, Tezzeret Affinity, and I'm playing Mono Red Burn, and he's at he's at 20 life. I got like you know a few creatures in play or whatever, and four cards in hand, four Latin mountains, and he's like has Tezzeret the new Tezzeret at four counters, like ultimate. You die. I'm like response. Press of progress. Take six, price of progress, take six, fire blast, fire blast, you die. It's like, just, you know, just because I could, just because I could slow roll him. It was fun. (laughs) (laughs) You've been dead for like four turns or whatever. Any other questions, Frank? No, that's it. Resume. Um, (laughs) I love this, resume. (laughs) I feel like saying it's not funny uh, one more time before this cast ends somehow, somehow, but I probably won't. Um, <laughs> that's not funny. <laughs> uh, so I, I, the only two decks I beat weren't real decks, and the two decks that did beat me—I mean, we, I guess Alex and I thinks the Protean Halt deck is a real deck, and I got beat by um, Ant. And so the question is: Is, is Merfolk? And then I—I've I, I, had, I guess, a lack of success with it, running into random mono red decks. The week I did play Merfolk, the last time I played Merfolk, rather. So I'm like, do I even want to play this deck? I've had zero success with it, and like, I'm looking back at the games against Ant, there's nothing really that I think I could have done in that game. I think you could have mulliganed the first game, perhaps. Okay, right, mulligan. Because I saw you and you didn't have any blue mana, which seemed like a disadvantage. Oh, I kept colorless mana. Kept wasteland, vile. wasteland, like waste two wastelands and like a mutavault vial or something. Huh. Right, he, right. The, the problem with that is he knows you're you're not going to be able to counter his spells. Right, right. You know, but I didn't know he was playing. Uh... Well, it's probably a bad hand in general. Uh, but, uh, did you have Did like, you have dudes? I, I think I had dudes. I had dudes vial. And it like seems like a, well, I don't know. I noticed you had like, like two f- dazes and a and a spell pierce or something. Okay, that was a bad. Maybe hand you drew too. into those, but like, it, 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 I don't know. It's, your hand seemed really awkward. Yeah, if you had dudes, like I say, that hand is pretty ballin' with, with the two wastelands, the vial, and the mutavault. But if you had like spells, I don't think the hand is great. 
Yeah, I don't really remember. <laughs> I mean, like, I get no. <laughs> like I totally agree with you guys. If that was the hand, like after the fact, I would I should have mulled. Um, I I think like for deck choice KYT, if you want to, I mean, if you want to play a deck, then just uh, play whatever deck you want. But if you actually like want to have a chance of winning, you should take a deck and just learn it. You know. Like, you should just keep playing it and keep playing it, because at the end of the day, it's it's probably more about how you play your deck at this Legacy Tournament than what deck you're playing. And I've been trying to play Merfolk and still suck at it. Yeah, we so. played a bunch of games in between rounds, too, where I, like, played with various decks against KYT playing Merfolk, uh-huh. and he didn't win very much. I don't know. Do, do you think but, it's the way like, he's playing it, or do you think it's uh, it's actually the deck? I mean, I think I think it's a mixture of the two. I, I actually, I'm going to make a bold statement here. Guys, I do not think Merfolk is that good, and I don't think Mental Misstep helps it as much as people think. That's Whoa. right. That's right. That's that's <laughs> mind blown. Mind blown. Me, me, I think that uh, Merfolk is good if your name is Alex Bertoncini. Besides that, it's uh, <laughs> it gets a lot more difficult. <laughs> yeah, on, yeah. On the ride back home, Frank mentioned how he felt like Merfolk was a fair deck, right, Frank? Yeah. It's not. It's not doing anything uh, unfair. Unfair. It's just playing lords and counter spells. Yeah, but I hate it when people say that because fair usually means consistent too, whereas like unfair most of the time means un- inconsistent. You know. Right. So it's just like, they, they talk about fair decks as though they're bad, you know? But it's like, well, this is consistent, you know? It, it does what, it's, what it does, you know? Yeah, I mean, there's both advantages and disadvantages of playing a fair deck. That, like, usually, you know, you're going to be doing, like, just pretty much, like, playing, making solid plays, and, like, if your opponent, you know, has an inconsistent start or stumbles, usually you're going to crush them. That's the advantage of playing, like, a fair deck, but... I mean, you, with an unfair deck, you get like all these free wins. On the other hand, right? Yeah, it's like, free wins. Exactly. Like you play, you know, playing high tide or whatever. Like Jonathan Medina can top eight a tournament. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I am not. I'm not going to deny that. <laughs> That's. I mean, go ahead. Yeah, John. No, you go. No, I just was just going to random comment about. That's why I love playing Cobblade because it's unfair and consistent. <laughs> so, <laughs> but how how unfair is it when everyone's running Cobblade? Okay, you, right. The deck is not. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, 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 right. But so, I I I, th- I don't think Cobblade is unfair. Yeah. Have you ever played with the deck, Frankie? No, no, no. <laughs> That's the wrong question. That's the wrong question to ask. Have you ever played against it without a Cobblade deck? Like, I I I played like I I didn't play against the the blue white version. Okay. Yeah. Because like playing against like the blue white cobblade without a cobblade deck is the most miserable thing ever. <laughs> like you're just like you know what's happening, but you can't <laughs> stop it. You're just he's like they're like okay you know Stoneforge Mystic you're like okay, and then you kill their Stoneforge and then like they're like okay counter your spell. Jace, and then you're like, okay. Yeah, it's like jumping out of like a lo- out of like thirty story building, and you like you see the ground coming, you know, but you have a little while to like wait before you go splat. Exactly, <laughs> and then when they when they drop the Gideon, that's when you're like five feet from the ground, 
and you just know it's happening. You're just like, he's like got Jace Gideon going, and you're just like, okay, none of like you're looking at your cards in your hand, and then visualizing the cards in your deck, and you're saying to yourself, like, there is no way, like, if I drew my whole deck right now, that I could actually beat this guy, like, and that's unfair. <laughs> I just wanted the listeners to know there are decks that are unfair and fairly consistent. So, like what? Like Cobblade, and I'm hoping to uh, find that Legacy. No, I'm talking about Legacy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm hoping to find whatever. I think Cobblade is like, an, like when all the moons aligned and like there was this perfect storm for this really good deck, you know. But right. uh, but I don't think like I don't think there's really an unfair deck that is really consistent in. Legacy. Maybe, Thankfully, maybe that... that's why people like playing Legacy rather than Type 2 where, you know, it's like, hey, it's a Cobblade Mirror again. What do you fucking do? <laughs> I, I, think, I think Alex makes a good point there. It's like, if there was an unfair deck that was very consistent in Legacy, wouldn't everyone just run that? Right. Yeah. Legacy's not quite like that, though, because a lot of people will play their pet deck, like, over the best deck every time. Like yeah, but when survival, survival was, you know, like that, that's survival, a, that's, but, yeah. survival's a good example of an unfair deck that was very consistent, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, so, like, that's what happens. <laughs> See what happens when there's an unfair deck that's really consistent. Like survival. reanimator, reanimator with mystical tutor too. That got, yeah. that deck was uh, pretty consistent. Like it was so, not that. So hard was to, Ant. So yeah. was Ant. Yeah. Yeah, see what happens. Things get banned. Resilient is important too. (laughs) Things get banned. (laughs) Things get banned when that happens. (laughs) (laughs) That is funny. That is funny. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) That should be the name of the episode. Things get banned. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Do you have any thoughts on Merfolk, John? Um, as a whole, as we I, wrap I never, this segment, I, I had the whole deck in foil at one point, and uh, I Whoa. played it once, and then I shipped it because I didn't like it. I don't, I don't like the deck. I don't want to count on blue dudes to get there. I suck at magic. I want free wins, so I run inconsistent free win decks. That's my, <laughs> that's my mo. You know. Yeah. Plus, Jonathan okay. Medina's got enough of you know like blue balls. So he doesn't want to like play them in, in Legacy too. <laughs> it's just like I, I'm coming to like the realization of where I'm at in Magic, and I know that I know what what my mode is right now, and my mode is trading, my mode is doing this kind of stuff. So like I'm not gonna be the best Legacy player ever, you know? What? I'm just gonna. I'm I go- thought that's part of your secondary goals. Man. Is, we want to see that. No, no. I thought, you were, I thought you were an idealist, not a realist. Come on. <laughs> Eventually, I want, like, in the end, at the end of the day, when all is said and done, I want to be a good Magic player. So, like, that will come in time, but right now, my mode is not that. So, I'm just embracing these free win decks, and I'm saying, that's why I'm not playing Standard, because there's no free win deck in Standard. And it just, everything loses to Cobblade, pretty much. So, I'm just kind of like, ah, I'm not going to play Standard. Okay. Unless I get, like, a a new foil card that I want to run in Standard, then I might play it. It seems like a pretty (laughs) Standard response. Yeah, like I, I, I finally foiled out like, like what could have like I seen a nihilist, and I said, oh, like I have all that in foil, so I'm just gonna play this Nia deck. When's the next standard tournament I can go play this in? So then I played it and I died to Cobblade twice and I dropped. <laughs> 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 it was awesome. It was a good time. I mean, yeah, I feel the same way. Uh, 
about Merfolk, it, it's not like it's been dominating the SCG Opens outside of your name being Alex Bertaccini. So Alex B. Um, so, but there is a way. I feel there is a wave of people that think. Like I've talked to a lot of Canadians, and and they put it as like their top two choices, or if not top choice, to bring to Providence. And now it's sort of like sinking on my list. I need something that's. I know I told Pat and I told Alex that I'd never play Affinity again, but maybe I have to play something like that <laughs> to get me through and uh, win a few matches, I, hopefully. I like the Thopter deck. I think that deck is really good. The the one the, the one with the three Tesserets, the three Jaces, the, the Enlightened Tutors, and the um and like the four three package of the Thopter Foundry sword. That's the one that Drew Levin's running? Was That's what you would bring if you were go. Uh, I want to play it. I, I, I haven't okay. played the deck yet, but I like the looks of it, and uh, I want to play it because I think that deck is good. Frank, are you going to try that version? Uh, I might eventually, but uh, not this weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's not what I'm planning to try this weekend. You gonna blow shit up in, like in true Team America style? America. <laughs> Thank you, Medina. I, I thought of doing that, but I needed you to do it instead. You're better. You're welcome. You're That's welcome. the one you're, thing you're, you have over me. You're the American, <laughs> after all, eh? <laughs> yeah, I feel so left out because you guys talk about like how you went to Legacy together and you guys like drove back together, and it's like, how come I'm not part of the Crazy Talk Legacy crew? You know? <laughs> like God, I'm all guys ate pizza afterwards and like I mean, or like fries and gyros been, or whatever. Exactly. Like I'm picturing you guys like at a table eating, like laughing about <laughs> all your 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 bad beats and stuff, and I'm just like. Well, how come I can't do this? We were we <laughs> were a- actually doing that. We went, we got some uh, some sandwiches, <laughs> and uh, I I downloaded the the gathering album to listen in the car. Well, yeah, see, that sounds like fun. It was amazing, man. It was oh, a magical was moment. Uh, <laughs> KYT opened up a little bit. We talked about King Ho and oh what man, the fuck? <laughs> you, guys are, you guys are making me jealous, dude. Stop it. We had an empty. We had an empty chair for Medina. Oh. We were waiting. <laughs> I was there in spirit, sitting there. <laughs> and we had we had we had a hoe there, you know, Eugene Ho. Distant <laughs> oh. relative of KYT's, perhaps. Shout out to Eugene Ho. <laughs> Eugene Ho. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, too much. Too much. Uh, I got. I feel like there's just too many lines or jokes that that's around, that are about related to me, and I don't even talk that much compared to you guys. So it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> my my girlfriend, like she she often complains that like I, I'm making her the butt of every joke. So. Like that, that's kind of your role here. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're Frank's girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, I take you home after all, man. I'm, oh, I'm your son. I'm your son, get it right. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah, Frank is so, our MTG dad. Oh, that's awesome. Have you so heard about the MTG dads, uh, Jonathan? I keep hearing like rumblings, but I don't know what it means, you know? Okay. It doesn't mean anything yet, right? <laughs> It's a it's a high level concept. <laughs> That's we're like, gonna we're we're in the we're planning to make a Google document. So, oh. <laughs> so you're trying to be like my TTT, huh? Exactly. Yep. My my tactical trade team. 
Dads only. <laughs> <laughs> it's do, you like any, this... do you have any children, uh, Jonathan? No, I don't. No children. Uh-oh. Are you kidding That's me? Like, if I, if I had kids, like, I wouldn't be like talking on podcasts until all hours of the evening, you know? Yeah, maybe uh, social services took them away from you. <laughs> I got too addicted to magic, and they're just like, "You're not, you're not fit to raise kids." <laughs> oh man. Oh, okay. Back to the topic at hand. I guess uh, Frank touched upon the GPT this Saturday, and that's when new Phyrexia will be legal. And I just want to talk uh, quickly about you know the other consideration. That I have before. Actually, Frank, do you want to talk about your deck potentially, and bounce off a few ideas, maybe? Yeah, yeah. Well, basically, what I was uh, thinking of playing was uh, Team America. <laughs> oh, uh, I, my guess was right. See, with, I know my uh, MTG dad pretty well. We hang out, you know. With a few, uh, with the few changes. I would be running uh, Tarmogoyfs and Tombstalkers, and okay. uh, I wanna. I was thinking of trying out uh, Ancestral Vision. Ooh, Ooh. to kind of to kind of get around the the misstep. I, <gasps> I'm not sure if it's gonna be good, but uh, that was my uh, my idea, and I would I would. Probably run some missteps myself. Guys, you heard it here first. Ancestral Visions, the Frank Tech. <laughs> well, people were running that before, right? I Shh. come on, come on. Let's let's let Frank have his moment in the sunlight. Okay, I mean that was Frank's tech all the way. Nobody's ever run Ancestral Visions in like no. <laughs> Wizards didn't print that card so that people could play it. They printed it so Frank could think of it first and invent the tech so he can innovate. <laughs> <laughs> Frank, I just, I just want to try. I just wanted to try it out. You know, I, I, I want to test out if I'm wrong or not. You know, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you have to find for yourself. You know. Yeah, definitely. Have you have you played the card in the, that card in Legacy? Yeah, Alex. Oh, I have actually. And um, what were your I think, thoughts? I think- I think if counterbalance is unpopular, then it's good, but it's it's just so terrible against counterbalance. And like the problem is that you don't get any like that you have to wait so long to get your effect. So that often when you draw multiples, like it's like you mulligan to five. You know if you draw two of them, because you you have trouble interacting in the early stages of the game. Yeah, but after turn four, it's like you didn't mulligan. It's like you drew but an extra five, hand. Turn five is when you get the cards. Turn five, whatever. <laughs> yeah, like, certainly, I mean, you have a lot of cards on turn five, but the question is, like, how often are you surviving that long? And, like, you know, and how often are you just so behind on board after, like, after those first few turns that the cards don't even matter? Because, like, a lot of the main, one of the main stop gaps, right, and the limiting resource in the legacy is, is how much mana you have. And, like, the Team America deck plays pretty light mana base, so you're not really like you're not going to be able to deploy two threats in a turn. You're going to be like able to play one thing a turn, probably, right? And mm-hmm. and like you know your your ancestral visions, you suspend it turn one, and that's like the best case scenario. 
And so, like, you know, a lot of other times you're going to draw it off the top and be like, fuck, why aren't you, like, doing anything right now? And a lot of times you're going to want to, like, have spent your first turn wastelanding them or thought-seizing them or something like that when now you're spending it, like, suspending it on such provisions. So not only are you, like, wasting using up a card and, like, using your first turn, but, you know, to get a, only a benefit, in, you know, too many in on turn five. Uh-huh. Uh, so, like... I, I, my feelings are definitely mixed because I love I love drawing three cards. Okay. <laughs> the, yeah. the the thing is like if you're if you're playing it turn one with misstep backup like you're kind of uh, yeah that's um, pretty good maybe that's pretty good. maybe that's but, too narrow but uh, I mean the thing is what I what I look for in my decks that I play and obviously other people are different is I look for like consistency. And obviously, then after that, I look for power. So, you know, I, I find Team America already has is a bit too inconsistent for my taste in some ways. That like, I find you stu- your mana often is really awkward. Like if you get wastelanded a couple times or whatever, then you often just die. And but and like you're adding like another layer of inconsistency to the deck because you have to have like the visions turn one with the misstep. And now we're you know who's the one like living in magic fantasy land, right? <laughs> I I actually played Visions with uh, with Bloodbraid Elf in Legacy, in a, in a land destruction deck. <laughs> Were you playing Boom Bust as well? Yeah, I was playing Boom Bust. I was playing Visions. I was playing Sinkhole, uh, and uh, what else? Sounds awful. Yeah, yeah. It was like it was like four um, City of Brass, uh, you know, Gemstone Mines, like <laughs> fetch lands and stuff. Yeah, it was a crazy deck. It wasn't that good at all. Well, I mean, well, you said a certain word incorrectly. What did I say? You said it was a. Oh, it was a crazy deck. <laughs> yes. Yeah, when Bloodbraid Elf first got printed, I tried that and I ran Visions in there because, like, I would just blow up their lands, and it was great for like the first three turns. But then, like, I'd run out of cards. And then right. they would just beat me. So, so then I'm like, man, I want to draw a card. So I started running visions. <laughs> and that made it a little bit better, but then it's like, what am I winning with? Bloodbraid Elves? Like, eh, this didn't really Hey, you're work. attacking for three, man. It's a, it's a concentrate plus three, two haste, all built into one. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, uh. I mean, I could, I could, I could definitely see Ancestral Visions being, like, reasonable in Team America. But I mean, I don't think, like, what do you really. Are, are you really trying to dodge misstep that bad, like that you're not playing brainstorm or ponder or something? But like my thought was like, because because Je- like it's a little bit based on what Jerry T said. Uh, it was uh, that uh, like m- the thing is with uh, Team America, you're you're training one for one a lot, so you need something to pull ahead, you know. Right. And uh, his his take was to run uh, Dark Confidant. And uh, then my idea was to try uh, visions. I haven't like I haven't I've never played with the card, you know. And uh, you, <laughs> I don't know if you remember a certain PT that uh, I attended, and <laughs> I got my ass kicked. <laughs> and like I was playing against it, I was like we were playing uh, uh, black green deck cloud, and the bad matchup was fairies. And I was playing against, like, against a deck, and, like, the guy resolved three visions, you know, and I was trying to attrition him, you know, and it was, it was really <laughs> annoying. 
<laughs> I think like uh I think the thing that makes this appealing to me now is that I think the the format is going to slow down just a step because of misstep for for uh, oh. step for misstep ah so like in Providence I think the format will be a little bit slower so visions uh first of all doesn't get countered by misstep which is like a plus but not the reason to run it the reason to run it is because the format may be a little bit slower so you know the visions may be more relevant you know. Uh, Frank, didn't you, like, I thought you'd played Team America, like Jerry's version before, and with Bob's instead of Tombstalkers, and you'd really liked it. Why are you thinking of going back to Tombstalkers? I, I'm kind of wondering about, like, killing myself. <laughs> <laughs> Running missteps, thoughts, sees Bob, like, it seems like, uh, I'm gonna get lightning bolted. <laughs> seems like you're a big sissy to me. Well, you know, mental misstep can always be cast for a blue mana. Ah, uh, yeah. You don't sound very enthusiastic about that. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't crazy with the. Whoa! Whoa! I wasn't whoa! Whoa! Crazy whoa! Crazy with the. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! I'm looking for a bit of excitement. Did you try Alex's mom? <laughs> oh, if he did, he'd be the first one. Boom goes dynamite. <laughs> but I don't know. I'm, I'm worried that uh, you know you're, you're going to get like you know you're going to get if you play ancestral visions and like tombstalker. Well, tombstalker's fine, but like I think ancestral visions is a bit slow and like that you're just going to get creamed, just like Medina's mom. Oh. <laughs> Dude, you gotta work on those mom jokes. Man. You gotta work on time. You really gotta work on time, Alex. <laughs> uh, Your mom seemed to think I had a good rhythm, but <laughs> <laughs> that was that was okay, but still not good enough. That was, that was pretty good. Yeah. We'll we'll let the comments tell us. <laughs> what, yeah, what the comments learn? said that you, you're bullying me, Alex. Like stop oh, stop yeah. bullying me, man. They they don't like it. Yeah, you know? well, by they you mean our one mentally retarded viewer. I mean, listen. Oh, oh, what? <laughs> whoa, whoa! Hey, man, whoa. don't don't diss the listeners, dude. Yeah, we <laughs> get voted off the island. Essay. <laughs> well, I think that person's already cast their vote, <laughs> <laughs> and they voted more Medina all the way. I love you for that, by the way. I was wondering when someone's going to stick up for me. You know. <laughs> Frank, did you want to say something? Well, I wanted to ask Alex, because uh, Alex, I, I don't think you're going to be playing uh, in the GPT uh, for uh, reasons that were discussed yesterday. So uh, my my answer would be, like, what uh, what would you play if you, you were, you could, basically? Um, I mean, if I had access to any card, like if I was Jonathan Medina, except with skills. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, let's uh let's go to fantasy land a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm I'm actually not sure. I mean I haven't I actually have not tested post uh post mental misstep. I was gonna say new Phyrexia, but it's really post mental misstep legacy. And uh um I think actually reanimator is not bad that like getting Jinjitaxias or whatever that guy, that guy is really good. Like I, I played us some games and like, just you reanimate that guy and you have mental missteps to counter their swords and whatever in your deck, and it's just so brutal. Like 
just so brutal. If you ever, if you just get to like pass the turn to them with that guy in play, you'd never lose. Because then you just draw seven and like you have force of wills and mental missteps and dazes or whatever just to like do, stop whatever they're doing. So like I shouldn't ship my foil one of these. I should keep it. Yeah, you should keep it for sure. Man, not only is that that's going to be put like a super EDH card anyway. It's going to be like... Oh, I know, man. People wanted those in the pre-release like no other. They're like, yeah. you got Jink Texas? And I'm like, yeah, dude, come on down. Seven dollar. <laughs> <laughs> man, that's, that's cheap. That's cheap. How much do you think not... a foil one's worth? A foil one's worth at least 20, 15 to 20. I think it's probably going to be worth more than that. I don't know. EDH players love their foils. Yeah, I mean, that's why you're the, you know, pro or whatever, and I'm the financial guy. I guess. I guess. No, but, like, that card, like, I don't want to see that card played in EDH, man. That's not what EDH is about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, man. That card, man, get, that card gets you voted off the island in EDH. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I thought? I took apart my EDH decks because they had a lot of pimp in them, and I'm the... Uh, I'm trying to consolidate my 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 expensive cards and stuff. So why are you gonna move to like the Galapagos Islands or something? I'm actually I've actually got something super secret that I'm actually cooking up right now. Oh is it man! Called tax fraud? No, it's not. It's not. It has nothing to do with fraud, but uh, it is. Uh, it, it, it is. Uh, it is. Uh, it is pretty awesome. So um, what's it called? So anyways, the whole you're, point you're of talking about this. Putting a store, man. Is that it? Don't worry about it. I say I'll tell you about it later. <laughs> okay. So, um, so yeah, what, what I was going to say was um, basically nowadays what I do is so many people have extra EDH decks that I just play their decks. Like, I just took apart my EDH decks and was like, whenever they're like, anyone for EDH, I'll be like, hey, if you got a deck, I'll play. And it's it's fun that way, dude. It's pretty awesome. Man, that, that's what I do, except with, like, all decks. I'm like, hey, you got a deck for standard? You got a deck for EDH. You got a deck for Legacy. You do that for st- for all decks. That's maybe that's my next. Maybe that's my next level. I just take apart all my decks. But then yeah, I, I, had- once, I once was like you, except like not stupid. And and you know I, I had like a collection, and I, I you know I guessed what cards were going to be worth and stuff. Oh, so I do didn't, you like, still have that collection? No, because I consolidated oh, wait, wait, wait. it. You you still have you don't have it, but you were not stupid. Okay. Yeah. Move I it. so. <laughs> Wait, 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 sorry, you know, I, I guess, like, money is not, uh, like, cash is not uh, not as good as cards in some ways. I could purchase said cards, but uh, I preferred purchasing food. Okay, so you have to choose between cards and food, and I'm the stupid one. Okay, because I can eat and play foils. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I don't know how that works out. I must be so stupid. Yeah, but and foils I, are, like, twice as powerful as regular cards. I, I'm just saying, I'm, I'm saying that I can eat and play with foil decks where you can't eat and play at all, right? <laughs> <laughs> Unless you borrow someone's deck, you actually can't play this game. But I can do both, and I'm the stupid one. Okay, dude. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So moving on. Something's genius. Because you could like buy all your foil decks times ten or something, right? What did you say? You, you, bro- you went. You went robot on me. Sorry, I couldn't understand what okay. you were saying. So, by your logic, Paris Hilton is a genius. She's got like <laughs> enough to buy like ten foil decks. Dude, I have no idea who Paris Hilton is. I don't watch that crap. 
<laughs> you mean you don't you don't like listen to the media whatsoever? Because it's kind of hard to avoid finding out who Paris Hilton is. Dude, you're the Paris Hilton fan, man. Not me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Medina doesn't watch I'm sports bullied. either. Remember what? this? Yeah, yeah. I don't watch he sports. Only li- I don't... He only listens to Frank Lepore. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, Frank Lepore, he's so good. <laughs> okay, let's let's move away from this uh, Alex and Medina action and uh, onto something else. To what? Well, to the well, deck like, I am. I, I like. What deck would you play? Like that was the question. Uh, did I miss it or? It's like they they just DB they completely. So what deck would you play, Alex? Yeah, Alex said he doesn't know. He, okay. He, oh, okay. <laughs> he said he hasn't tested free, uh, you know, mental misstep, and then he went on to tell us how he oh, tested. Oh yeah, reanimator, reanimator, and Texas. I think yeah. reanimator would not be not be. That's, he like, just like, went robot on it, dude. He's totally going robot. It's like <laughs> the Ethereum is like taking over his whole existence. <laughs> <laughs> that maybe should be playing Affinity, man. Yeah, I think he. I think he's turning into a frogmite over there. <laughs> it does. It does sound like it. Here, I know how we can fix this, Alex. For the rest of the cast, you just shut up, and then uh, you know we won't get the <laughs> robot voice. <laughs> Alex, dude, you were supposed to say that's not funny, KYT. Oh uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you gave me a chance to say that. Alex I'm is, actually. He's really like he's gone. out. So what are you what are you thinking, KYT? Hit hit us with it. You up. I'm I'm gonna play uh Affinity. It's the deck that I've had most success with and just live with the fact that I'm playing an inconsistent deck. And uh you know, I've been talking to Drew and he suggested that the, the version that he's been testing is playing four copies of Slag Fiend and he's gonna ship me the list in the next day or two. And I find that interesting because you read the set reviews um, like LSG says, Slag Fiend is flat out unplayable because it's the first uh, one drop that you can't even play on your first turn because it'll, it'll just die. And I think Conley Woods said it might see play because he, he compared it to Tarmogoyf. Tarmogoyf once was played in Infinity, according to him. This was before my legacy playing day, so you guys can correct him or me on that. And he said he compares that to Slag Fiend. And talking to Drew, he compares it to Master of Ethereum that is more resilient like, don't look, he's like, don't look at it as a first drop. Just look at it as a cheap, uh, mid-game Master of Ethereum that's really resilient to any hate that they have. He's like, for Master, if you just, uh, kill all your artifacts or whatever, Master's useless, but Slag Fiend works in a different way. And I know that the list that he posted in his set review about with this patch is not the one that, I wouldn't run that because it doesn't seem like, it's powerful enough or different enough for me to beat the decks that I lose to. Uh, I'm very comfortable playing against slower creature decks or whatever. Really, like this patch, I don't think I would need it unless, like, maybe I'm wrong, Frank style. And so I'm very curious to see the Slag Fiend deck. I know Alex uh, thinks it's crap, and I'm also very skeptical about this card being good. I mean... It really needs artifacts in the graveyard, so I don't know how you're going to get them there. Like, you need Ravager and Disciple, and I'm... So, John is actually, uh, did he, he... He said engage in his article. 
I actually, and, and I may be, I don't know, I may be actually digging my own grave here, but I said in my uh, review, this may be one of the most underrated cards of the set. And uh, one of the reasons for me is like, like Drew said, you don't have to play it on turn one. Um, the other thing is, is you have, like, with Knight of the Reliquary, when you put those extra lands in the graveyard, you know, it's just like every land that hits the graveyard, it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and that's really a powerful effect. And so, like, with artifacts, if you can find a way to, you know, either incidentally or purposefully put artifacts, artifacts in the graveyard that benefit <laughs> you, then, yeah. right. So you, did you see it more as a legacy and standard card, or like both? Like maybe in every. I see it as like format. a. Play, I see it as a playable card. I think. Okay. It's, I think it's something you should look to when you're looking for like solutions to, to like uh, issues. You know. Yeah. So I wonder if I bring it in post board because it's really good, probably like against their usual hate. I guess that's what Drew was arguing. Frank. Yeah, I guess. Well. I think for standard, the question you have to ask yourself is how big does it need to be, you know, for for it to be worth one mana, you know. So if you if you're only getting like uh, a three three or four four for one mana, like already, like it's not that bad, you know. And, yeah, I uh, agree. I think I think for legacy, uh, like the way you look at it is that like that's the guy. That's gonna win you the game if they land uh, a Kataki or an Energy Flux, you know? Because boom, Slackfin. <laughs> he works, he works uh, as Drew said. He works the other way around, you know. So when they when they clear your board, he's the guy that benefits. And and I think like he's not an artifact, so like he doesn't die to the uh, right to the artifact eight. Yeah, I mean, could you imagine that they take out all their like you know, all these, like, relevant cards for artifact removal, and then you have this guy, like, as a Trump. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, my opinion on the, on the, on the card is, like, he works really well with, like, Atog and, and Ravager, right? I mean, say you had a Master of Ethereum with a Ravager, they didn't really work so well together. Mm -hmm. Whereas these guys work pretty, pretty sweet, sweetly together. Um, of course, like, he's just not, if you don't draw, like, a Ravager and Atog, like, he's pretty bad, because normally, like, in Affinity, I don't know, when I was playing Affinity and Legacy, you didn't really get that many artifacts into your graveyard, usually. Like, if you're not sacking them to Ravager, that is. And, I mean, I think he, he's he's definitely a good, not a good, bad sideboard card against, like, if you're expecting hate. But I, I think Affinity loses, like, more, you, the deck loses more to just, like, random combo than it does to actual, like, Affinity hate. I mean that might be a good point. I, I I've never played the deck, so I really don't know. <laughs> the other yeah, thing is I, with people playing mental missteps, affinity is relatively immune. Like if you look at like the list, it, it plays like Springleaf Drum, and some versions play like Signal Pest or whatever. Or you know you could play Disciple, but you know if it, it's another, it's a it's it's a card that's relevant that gets hit by mental misstep. So if it's in your g- deck game one, like it, it's going to get hit by missteps usually. Whereas if post board they're going to board out their missteps and then you bring this guy in and then he's pretty sweet. One thing that I just want to write, we're on the topic right here and I think this is legit. Um, one card that I want to play in Affinity is the uh, Volt Scourge. 
That's the see? that's the Phyrexian mana flying one one. Yeah. yeah. With the uh, lifelink. Yeah, that thing is sick. <laughs> I played it. I played it at the pre-release. I'm like, I drafted a, a deck with just like all these flyers, you know. And that thing, like, as a one-drop, is sick, dude. It's really good. And I can just imagine an affinity. Like, why not, right? Because uh, it takes a card slot. That's that's the reason why not. But Well, Ditch, I mean, ditch I think it's Frog probably, might, right? Um, maybe. I, the, the good thing about Frog Mind, right, is it's like 99% of the time you're paying zero mana for it. And, like, one mana and zero mana is pretty different in affinity, I think. But, like, I think that card probably will see some play, like, maybe in the Signal Pass slot or something, or in Memnite uh, Ornithopter area. I don't think you're going to cut Frogmite. But I mean, I Memnite's I'm free, though, right? So Yeah, but, I mean, you're talking about free 1-1 one, one versus free 2-2 two, two is relatively different. Yeah, so is, like, 1-1 one, one Flying Lifelink. That's relatively different. Anyways, okay, two, look, two we should not... Uh, Okay, I'll, let, let's just say you're right, okay, so you can feel happy and warm inside. Um, <laughs> let's just say I'm right because I'm right. Moving on. <laughs> Maybe you're right-handed, but anyways. Uh, <laughs> so bad. Okay. So something um, I wanted to talk about uh, is the sure. rating, rating uh, change by Wizards. That It used to be, it was announced beforehand that the cutoff for invitations to nationals was going to be May 18th for rating. And so I and many others that I know of made plans to go to GP Providence and were not planning on playing the regional or national qualifiers. So, you know, to, uh, to qualify for nationals because, you know, we could just wait like two weeks and would qualify on rating. And then, so then all the national qualifiers are finished and then another week, and then Wizards decides, hey, guess what, guys? We're going to change it so that now the rating cutoff is June 1st, not May 18th. And June 1st happens to uh, fall after Providence. So, long story short, like, I'm kind of boned, as are, uh, as are many other people. Like, uh, you know, I, I would have no problem with them having made the cutoff June 1st if they did it before had announced it before so people, you know, would not make plans to go to province or would have a chance to play national qualifiers rather than basically cutting them off from all their options other than sitting, like, qualifying on rating or, you know, doing well at Providence. What what does this mean? Like, can you explain it? Um, so you, like, you're trying to get into nationals, right? Correct. And, and, and so what you wanted to do was you wanted to get in on your rating, right? Right. But your rating is not there yet, right? No, it is there. It is there. Okay, so your rating is there, and they they changed the cutoff, but why does that matter? Because, like, your your rating is there, so it's no big deal, right? No, because he's planning to play at Providence, and that could... If he loses terribly, then mm-hmm. that kicks him out. Oh, well, then just play better. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Who cares, I right? knew that was... Like, like, the the other thing that's happening is that the guy that was giving him a ride, like, he's just not risking it, you know? So he's not going to go, so he doesn't have a ride, so he can't even go. <laughs> this is just BS, dude. Just go and play better. Holy well, smokes. You I'm, bunch I'm of going. Crazy. I'm going. I, you know? I, I, yeah. I, I, no, I mean, no gamble, no future, you know? Whatever. I'm, I, I got big balls, you know? Good, yeah. Ball. 
Well, I mean, uh, your balls are apparently not that big because you wouldn't even play in a Nationals thing because you're afraid you're going to lose. No, so, I don't. That's, right? not, that's not the reason at all. I wasn't. Afraid. I think I probably would do pretty well, but like, you know, there's no point. Why would I play in a national thing when I could just like not play in F and M's? Because there's no big tournaments in the two weeks that I have to wait. It's like pl- either you can play this thing and like waste thirty dollars, or you can wait two weeks without playing F and M and qualify for nationals. Like you know, it's kind of no brainer there. You didn't you didn't want to play because you didn't want to lose points, right? Well, I also wanted people like KYT and my friend Justin Richardson and Joey Smith or whatever <laughs> to qualify. You know, like so you're saying if you would have played, they I, wouldn't have qualified. Well, if I played and like I, I'm paired against one of them, I, I'm I feel like I'm in a dilemma because if I concede then I lose rating points, but but I like I would feel that I would have to concede, you know, because I want. I want my friends to come to the Nationals. It's not like Nationals is really is fun because of all the people that are there. Yeah. I mean, it just doesn't sound like a dilemma to me. It sounds like, you know, when I want to play Magic, I just go play Magic. Like, I don't think about all these rating points and all this exactly. bullcrap. That's the whole thing. You don't have to, if you have like a low rating, it doesn't matter, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can yeah, just but... go around and like have fun and. Like, exactly, like isn't that's what this is a game, right? That's what we're supposed exactly. to be doing. But because because of this cutoff and like this change, it's, magic right now is not fun. It's stressful for me, and I know a bunch of other people who are in similar situations. The and, whole rating thing is is just bad. One, <laughs> yeah, and uh, and secondly, yeah, you get like you get sometimes in the year that you're like. You don't have an in- you have an incentive not to play. You know it's it's counterproductive. My my attitude right. has always been like just jump in the fire and just like just free ball it, man. Go for it. Like well, if if you you know if you want to play magic and your rating's high, go do it. Like who cares? Like I don't I don't right. care what the problem is. If you're a good player, you're gonna get well, there. Well, the the right? thing is like some people would rather like. Be sure to play in national, then uh, risk uh, risk the chance of losing their qualification. You know, but if you're I good can, at it, I can I can understand the, that. You know, if you're right. good at it, then it's not a risk, right? Well, the thing is, is the way the the way the the rating system works it is that you can go and like you're gonna be four two, but you're gonna still lose uh, rating points. Yeah, well then don't go four two. Well, I don't know. I you probably are not very familiar with the chess system, which is actually basically this pretty much the same thing. They both chess and magic use ELO rating, okay. and uh, and it it's even even for for chess, it underestimates the chance that a weaker player will beat a stronger player. And however, the problem is not as big in chess because generally you're either playing against people you know in like arranged matches, or so you get to choose your opponents. Uh-huh. Or you're sorted by categories based on your ratings, so you're generally playing people around similar ratings to yours. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Magic, that does not happen. Like, first of all, right? Because you're, you know, some, you know, you play in a random FNM or whatever. LSV could get paired against Mister Fifteen Hundred or whatever, you know. And say LSV gets mana screwed, suddenly, hey, you know, he just lost thirty, thirty-two points, you know, in a thirty-two K or whatever. Yeah, well then, like, I mean, he shouldn't lose to Mr. 1500. He should have mulliganed or something, you know? <laughs> like, I mean, if so, you lose so to Mr. You, 1500, then you lose to Mr. 1500, like, you know? 
There's no, I, I fail to see what the big fuss is about. So you contend that there's zero, cha- there's zero element of luck in Magic. There's no luck whatsoever. I, I say that there's luck, but hey, this is the game that we play, man. Don't go out hiding in your house because you don't want to lose rating points. Like, come on, like go and do it, man. If you play Magic, go play Magic. If you're good, go win. Like, don't, don't sit there and hide just because you want to make a nationals tournament. That's stupid. But I'm, the real I'm, problem is that, sorry, KYT, just one second, is that the rating okay. system is, is flawed, that since we have the same system as chess, a, a game where there's absolutely no luck, and there's still a significant chance for a weaker player to beat a stronger player, that in, in terms of rating, that, like, you know, and we have the same rating changes, it, it just it doesn't make sense because it underestimates, basically, the chance that someone like LSV is going to lose to a weaker player. And... Even, you know, let's, the amount that that happens is greater than the amount the rating system expects it to happen, and so you lose a higher proportion of rating than you should, and so ratings okay. get screwed. You get screwed over. Like, say you go three one in a tournament, like that's a pr- should be a pretty good score, right? Maybe you should gain a rating point, but like usually what happens when you have a high enough rating is you're going to end up losing rating points from going three one. I even like you know sometimes you go three zero one and you just break even, so. So, like, I understand what you're saying about the rating points, okay? Like, maybe the system is flawed. Like, I don't know. I don't pay enough attention to say, like, whether it's flawed or not. But what I am saying is, like, we have this system. This is how it works. And, like, my attitude toward it is different than your attitude. And my attitude would not change if I had higher rating. Like, if I if I had a high rating and I didn't play in a tournament that I wanted to play in because I was afraid I'd lose rating points, then I couldn't actually probably look at myself in the mirror. Like, I would be like, look, I'm going to go do this tournament and I'm going to win or I'm going to suffer the consequences. And that's the way it is. You know, like, that's how that's how that's how I that's how I roll. So, <laughs> well, that's so how I, I think roll, that, too. That's that's kind of the point. I'm I you seem to misunderstand me. I am play, planning to play in Providence. I have not missed a tournament that I wanted to play because uh, of rating. I but like last year, for instance, that 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 fact cost me my invite to nationals, and uh, it's possible that it's going to happen again this year. But you know, it's just a, the the change in the cutoff because Wizards had a bug in their in their software, mm-hmm. and like kind of is 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 kind of bitchy. I don't know. Uh, that's my opinion. Like. It's me, I'm going to still play in Providence, but a lot of other people aren't, and I find that, that's kind of sad. Good for you, man. Dude, I mean, I think you should, and I think you're going to be fine, dude. You'll get there. Frank, last words before I wrap up? My Frank? last <laughs> my last words, uh, they're not prepared, man. <laughs> okay. Iggy <laughs> bobby so. poop. Like, what so do you want me to things. say? Like, do you want me to respond to Alex and uh, no beat on I mean, Medina a little bit? And uh, I don't know. That could take a whole like this topic could take like a I'll long take time. you both on, dude. I don't care. But uh, <laughs> like, of course, have... man, you can talk out of your ass, Medina. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's why we're casting tonight, dude. Because of that. and I'm not even the one who talked. It was all you guys, <laughs> Frank. Yeah, so do you have any uh, you short, say, short thing? You didn't say anything. Let's talk about the TTT document for a little bit. What's that okay. all about? Um, well, I wanted last words on the rating thing. Like for, I, before I, I wanted to give you a last say before I go. 
Um, I guess you have nothing else on it for now, oh, Frank? No, but, like, the thing that Jonathan doesn't understand is that uh, <laughs> people don't, like, people don't agree with him. I understand that. They could, like, they not, could disagree. Like, I mean, all they, I mean they, not all people think like you, man. I don't not, care. I'm, like, I'm just saying how I think. Freeballers like you, man. Yeah, well, I'm just saying this is how I think. This is a game, you know? Like, if you don't get to play in Nationals, what, what's the worst that's gonna happen? <laughs> oh, sorry. You know, are they gonna take away your birthday? Like, come on, it's not, it's not a big deal. Like, get over it. Yeah, I don't think to John's some, the only one. To some one, people, uh, it is a big deal. Some people wanna play National. Well then play better. <laughs> get there well, then. They did. They're, they already got there, but then... Then they, don't complain. <laughs> they have to sit under rating, you know? That's <laughs> not the only one that thinks like he does. Sitting, I don't on, quite... sitting under rating is bullshit. Okay. Let me wrap up because you guys are... Uh, let me be the, soul, <laughs> the sound of reason for our <laughs> listeners. I think a lot of people think like John. Just uh, It is the rules. Just go, go with it. I think Alex is going to play at Providence. I had to ra- risk my rating. I was queued, and I had to risk my rating for the Canadian Open Series because they wanted me there, and I had to risk it at the Nats queue, uh, which I luckily was able to top eight in. And, you know, I don't have to risk it anymore. I was going to keep, even if I failed to top eight, I was going to keep playing, keep playing at Providence, even if I was close and believe that I was just going to get there by grinding or hope that I got there. Um, and Jerry T, like like when... He was uh, at that GP that he ultimately won. He was putting his world's invite on the line. So both him and yeah. there we go. <laughs> him, Alex, and I are, are just have the same attitude. Like the rules are what the rules are right now. We're not going to let us let this stop us from playing. We are going to play and hopefully get there. But that doesn't change the fact that the the rating system, in my opinion, is flawed. But could it be better? That's the major question. Could it, there's like so many other questions, right? Could Wizards have a system where it's, you know, easy to report, et cetera? There's no any other issues, uh, surrounding this. And, um, Aaron Forsyth even said that, uh, he tweeted that they're well aware of this issue about ratings, but that changes are going to be slow to implement. So I'm not expecting any changes in the next two, three years. But it's it's pretty cool that you know he knows that this is an issue. Like I don't want to see the best players in Canada just be like sitting on their rating because they have that choice and, and and want to. Alex, last point, and then we can go to TTT and, and shoutouts. Yeah, see, one of the problems is that there are a lot of players who just what they do, they, you know, they do well at one tournament and then they sit on their rating until nationals, and it, that kind of screws over players who have the mindset of like me and KYT that you know we're going to keep playing even if our ratings are at risk. And that way, you know, because a certain amount of spots are always, like, taken up, you know, for the rating invites. And yeah, those right. players never are going gonna, to... It's very hard for, like, up-and-coming players to get a chance to, you know, become qualified through rating. Because all these top players are just not playing to, you know, guarantee their spot. And, you know, yeah. like, there's one person in Quebec, Marc Dufour, who I've, like, never met, never seen in a Magic tournament. And he's got like a 2200 rating or whatever. He's just always there in the standings, like just messing everybody up. <laughs> What's his name? Mark Dufour. Dufour, stop messing around, man. Go play some more. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we want a system. I think John, you would agree that we want a system that encourages people to play or 
or rewards people for playing, I guess. Like, yeah, I yeah. Guess. I mean, you shouldn't right. be able to sit on your rating. I think that's, that's like kind of lame, you know? Yeah, there's a bunch of people in the top 100 that I've never heard of and, and probably played one FNM. So it's in a year or something. So it's like, yeah. TTT, please. <laughs> okay, <laughs> just a short mention as we wrap up. Yeah, the TTT is a, is something I made called the the, tra- the tactical trade team, and uh, basically I have a team of traders that I'm training to become awesome like me, and uh, we have a document called the objectives document, and this document has all of the financial tech that you would ever need for a single tournament. So like for the pre-release tournament, it had all the combos that are available. Um, with the new cards in standard, it had um, lots of pricing information, lots of trending information, and um, lots of stuff like that. I don't want to get into the details of exactly what's in there, but the document is a very lengthy, thick document, which all of my TTT um, people had to read, no backwards and forward, and uh, and then we... We basically took that information and through um, organization and you know and a tactical approach to trading, we went into a tournament, a big pre-release, and we extracted what we wanted to extract, and we came home successful. So, it's like Mission Impossible, man. It is. It really is like that. We had we had the documents on us because there's information in there that sometimes you need to check and stuff. So like. There was people who knew about the TTT. Hey, we'll just edit that. We'll just edit that in. Don't worry about it, Alex. <laughs> so, so, so there's people who who knew about the TTT and they seen these documents and they were trying to get at them. They were trying to like look at them and like take them out of our binders and stuff. And uh, it was kind of it was kind of counter funny. espionage. Yeah, they they were like laser gun, and you're just like. They, Pew! Nobody did it to me, but they tried to pick off some of the some of the TTT guys. They were like, "Hey, let me see that," and the guy's like, "No." And then like he turns around to like get something from his bag, and the guy's like pulling it out of the binder. It's in like a folder, you know. And wow. So he had to snatch it out of his hand and be like, "No, dude, you can't see that." <laughs> yeah, of course they wouldn't go after you. Man. Wolves always wolves always go after the weaker or yeah, sick. exactly. Check this out, <laughs> these magic players, those bastards. You know. So, uh, so that's the TTT. I'm not going to go into too too much more detail. I just it's out there, and um, you know I may was like. There, write a, was there an age cutoff for like the people you were trying to, uh, let's say, take advantage of? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna comment <laughs> on uh, on the tactics of the of the tactical trade unit, but okay. uh, but we did we were successful. So, you know, is uh, is. Did Ben Blyweiss have some hand into uh, no. into it? No, he did not. <laughs> like, with all the irrelevant questions. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I, I probably will never like show the document. I, I may talk a little more about like what we like, how it's organized, because I think how it's organized is really like interesting and stuff. But. Um, I may talk about that in an article or something, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give too much information about this because I think this could be a good thing to keep going for tournament after tournament, you know. And with that, shoutouts, John. Anything uh, else besides untapped, of course, not unsleeved. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to give a shout out to Bryce and Mark for coming on and trying to cover for me and uh, Frank. 
you know, you guys are awesome. Uh, of course, there's no replacing me and Frank. So, you know, thanks for trying, but no cigar. <laughs> um, shout out to um, all the people who actually play despite their rating, you know, and anti shout out to those who sit on their rating. Don't be a douche. Get out there. Do the thing. And, um, what else do I want to give a shout out to? Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll formulate a, a last shout out and, uh, just come back to me for it. Okay. Frank? Uh, I'd like to give a shout out to, uh, one of the MTG dads, a, a EJ Seltzer on, the, on Twitter. I, I met him at the, the pre-release and, uh, he, he seemed like a very, uh, very nice guy. So we're, we're going to have to get the MTG dad thing going so that, uh, we can involve him a little bit. And, uh, shout out also to, uh, the professor, which, uh, which fought me tooth and nail during the pre-release and he, he was able to mise a draw out of me. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, that's pretty much it. No, read the chat. You, you, you still need to shout out one oh, more Oh, yeah. The gathering, man. We didn't even uh, get into it, man. Cause last, Next time. <laughs> la- last night what happened is that I took home uh, Alex, KYT, and Eugene, and uh, we were listening to uh, The Gathering, the new album uh, from <laughs> Chapin and Spruik. And, uh, it was, uh, it was blasting through the roof and everybody was having a good time. And, uh. Come towards we break it, mice. <laughs> oh yeah, man. That, that song is amazing. Oh, he's getting it stuck in my head. Oh, you bastard. Feet these, we break it, mice. <laughs> Alex, <laughs> shout out. Oh to man, you. it was like, if you, like, <laughs> if you're into, like, uh, techno music a little bit, hip hop, like, and you're into magic, get that album, cause it's really fun. Like, yeah. I know, I know there's some guys that are more into metal, like, maybe that's not your, that, that won't be your thing, but if you, if you like that type of music, it's, uh, it's really entertaining. And, and they're, they're good, uh, the, those kids are good, man. The innovator, man! <laughs> He's the best uh, MTG personality. Did you didn't you get the memo? <laughs> now, real quick, Frank, what's your favorite song on there? Well, my my like the thing is, I like I I, I wrote, like there's some songs that are that that were already out. Uh, still had all these and Jace, uh, the Jace song also. Like uh-huh. those two, I like them a lot. But like the new ones that I. That I that are kind of new to me were the the Brewmaster song and uh, the the Mize song. Those yeah. those are my my two favorites. But they're they're all they're that's the thing they're all good, man. <laughs> Listening to that shit like from beginning to end. And I, uh, wow! <laughs> I, I like one of them. I did not think I was gonna like it at all, but. You know, listening to Frankie's car, he turned it up. You know, making the car bounce around, and it was it was awesome. And I definitely recommend it. It was it was significantly significantly exceeded my expectations. <laughs> Let's put it this way, Jonathan: 
The car was bouncing more than your mom, man. (laughs) (laughs) But not more than her melons. That's how you do it, man. That's how you do it, Alex. Take notes from Frankie Boy over here. (laughs) John, what's your favorite song? Uh, I like, uh, The Storm. And I like, I like Innovate. Um, like, I was also very surprised at how good the album was. Like, I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to diss anyone or, like, say, like, bad things, you know. But when I heard the album was coming out, I was kind of skeptical. I was, like, a little bit, eh, you know, that's going to be interesting. Like, I mean, I love yeah, Patrick Chapin, but he's a writer, you know. It, it, can he really rap? Like, is is that really, like, you know. So I was kind of skeptical, but I was definitely going to support it because, um, you know, anybody doing anything creative in the magic community, I, I want to encourage that. And so, like, I knew that I was going to buy the album. But then when we got the, uh, we got, um, I started hearing the tracks, like, either through, like, YouTube, and then we got the track for our podcast, uh, Him to Torak, and I was like, yeah, hey, this stuff is, uh, it's pretty good, you know? And then when you hear it all in the context of the album, like, one after another, like, it's very well put together, and it's, like, it's way better than I expected, like, it's just, like, and then when you sit there and listen to them, like, I listen to it all day at work, and, like, you you get to really appreciate the melodies and the and the beats and like the you know they're it's just like I don't know it's really good I recommend it too. Yeah, well, uh, I think the like Spruik or or Bill if you uh, if you're his mom. Billy Beat, man. His beats are really good, man. So uh, <laughs> you have to give a we have to give a shout out to him because uh, he broke it, man. <laughs> yeah man and honestly it was a, I like listened to some of the things on, on my computer or whatever and like listening to Frankie's car was a completely different experience like you know with three magic players there and just like goofing around being like yeah yep. go towards we break it mice <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it does have the group factor if you're hanging with magic players on the way to a tournament and you're bumping this like how, how could you like bump anything better than this like I don't know you know, I was, yeah, I was the, busting out the moves, you know. Yeah, I, yeah, heard, the, I, I heard you got some moves, man. Yeah, the yeah, Alex definitely has part. some moves, man. <laughs> he went crazy. Crazy. He went you crazy. Know, if, they, if they, if you like, Alex, he's gonna make it to the pro tour, and I hope at that time they have that disco party because he's gonna, <laughs> he's gonna get noticed there, man, for sure. Alex, shoutouts. Uh, shout out to my MTG dad, Frankie Richards, Pro Tour player, for uh, for an excellent ex- drive home experience yesterday. Um, shout out to and for being back on the cast, and uh, shout out to Jonathan Medina's mom <laughs> you know, for uh, for for being a constant source of amusement. <laughs> I'll let I'll pass it on. I'll let her know. All right. Uh, even though you know she doesn't talk that much, because it's hard to talk with your mouth full. But yep. <laughs> got it. <All> right. <laughs> Any other shout outs, Alex? <laughs> um, shout out to Peter Sacklass, who's uh, working with me on a on a project, a uh, magic related project for Mana Deprived, and think it should be should be fun. Um, and yeah, shout out to. Uh, Shout out, anti shout out to uh, Wizards of the Coast for your recent ratings adjustment. Because, you know, when you screw up, you shouldn't uh, hurt other people. But hey, <laughs> you know, you could make it that, like, the ratings 
from before May 18th would get added to the rating and the cutoff would happen like with all those ratings at June 1st, but instead letting all the ratings up to June 1st. Anyways, I, I'm rambling. It's just, you know, like I was, I was hoping to, you know, go to Providence and, you know, just be able to relax, chill with people, meet, you know, all you cool guys and, and John Medina, hopefully, but he's not going to come there. Thank God. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but now like it's, it's a little bit more stressful and I don't know. That's, and like some of my friends are not going to be there because of that. So altogether, frowny face. Yeah, frowny <laughs> face to them who are just trying to sit on the rating. Come on, man, get but, out there. Right. But like, I get it. You know, like Jonathan Medina, if you were like, it's like, would you like to play in F and M for two weeks, or or you could qualify for nationals? Well, I already don't play in F and M, so. So then it's an obvious decision, right? Yeah, if I don't like F and M, then I'm not going to play in it. Yeah. But like if I if I wanted to play in F and M then I would. Who cares about like my rating or nationals? We already talked about this. Anyways. Anyways, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Why? And uh yeah, shout out to uh, the captain, KYT for uh for for being for being awesome and sporting his cool new look with his uh with his hat <laughs> and hat dollar symbol on yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you you might not know that, but KYT lost his job. <laughs> and uh, and now he like he, he changed a little bit his style. He looks like uh, an MTG rapper now. Really? You got a dollar symbol on your hat, KYT? Yeah, I do. Blade, That's man. the sickest. <laughs> He's a Dude, You got to update your Twitter profile, man. You, Come on. You, like that that uh, that's a pretty cool look, and you know, like that Asian rap star look. You know? <laughs> oh no, yeah. that's the truth. Like we'll call him way more relaxed and like cool. You know, like. If I was in high school, I'd definitely try and sit at your table. <laughs> yeah. And we'll the, thing that, the thing that's funny is that, like, KYT is, like, super straight. Like, he doesn't drink, he doesn't do anything, but he looks like a tall baller now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think that's man. good. I mean, yeah... I'm definitely super clean. You get as, uh, you like you get the best of both worlds, you know. Like you're outside yeah. in the world, you look badass, and then you come <laughs> home and mom cooks dinner. <laughs> oh, man. That's so true. You broke my awesome. KYT, man. I'll go to uh, are, I'll go to my shouts, Alex. Is that good? Yes. Are you done? Yes. Okay. I'm- so uh, Frankie, shouts to Frankie. Obviously, our ride to a Canadian Magic Tour let you know. A lot more about me in many ways, and uh, yeah, I'm definitely a super clean guy. But thank you for all the rides that you've given me so far, and for the ones that you will give me in the future. <laughs> Don't worry, you'll have more uh, gyros or pitas if you want to. Oh yeah! Uh, shoutouts to John, Jonathan, rather always, always great. I thought we couldn't fill like we'd have trouble filling half an hour, but once again. Our chemistry was able to pull off another good two hours, solid two hours, I thought. Shouts to Alex, of course, uh, always the person I go to for, uh, any legacy questions. And, uh, I think I'm learning a lot from him. Uh, shouts to Felix LePin, which I've, we've mentioned numerous times. Hope he does well. And what to check out? Check out Untapped. I think it's one of the few new podcasts that have has grown to some sort of prominence like there, there's been too many casts that just have done a few episodes and then they have disappeared but untapped seems to uh have like 
have a following and, and seems to be growing, so I'm happy for them. Do check out the A team. Um, <laughs> I heard that's a great cast also and they have a good lead host, so no, I think they need to get <laughs> I think they need I heard to get Scotty Medina Mac's on there. Really awesome, though. Shout out to Scotty Mac. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh yeah, we'll Jay have Medina Bush, again. And Jay Bush and uh, and Smitty for making those sweet decks. And what, I can't forget. I forget that fourth guy's name, but I, I know he looks really like a loser or something. <laughs> no, he looks like a baller now. What are you talking about? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the A team will definitely. Uh, I think they'll have Medina on again at some point. <laughs> yeah, man, I miss you guys. Well, except for except for Smitty, but uh, rest <laughs> you guys. <laughs> And, uh, actually yesterday marked the first year anniversary of Mana Deprived, so shout out to anybody who's contributed to the site or commented on it. I'm really impressed that a personal blog could, uh, grow into so much. It's, it's been unbelievable. And that's a wrap. Actually check out Peter Sackclass's, he's, he was doing a raffle, um, donation thing with a lot of uh, MTG prizes and the donations right now, like you can win them. And right now we have less donations than, than what the prizes are worth. So it's actually a plus EV, like I tweeted, a plus EV donation. So and please check that out. Yeah. So it's a win-win. Like, like I just looked at the prizes and it adds up to, to significantly more and, uh, your chance of winning and whatever is fairly good. So. I'm going to put that link in the show notes. And actually, I don't know if you guys know, but I started a personal blog myself, and it's a pretty cocky nickname. It's mtgrockstar.com. Rockstar, right? Yeah, so. I, I, I knew about that. <laughs> Who's it about? Just just like Medina. anything outside. <laughs> <laughs> just non-MTG related, my personal stuff, just for people that want to know more about me outside of Magic. And just for my personal... I think it's good to blog in general. You you have an audience to sort of. It feels like I don't know. It motivates me. Like I can't be lazy because I have to. I feel like I have to blog about what I've done. And then if I've done nothing, then like it's sort of a motivation thing. Wait, this really is a good. this is a non-MTG blog, but it's called but I have, Rockstar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. It was too catchy. It was too catchy. <laughs> this is the worst. <laughs> that wasn't <But> funny. It's, <laughs> it's, it's to discover the person behind the legend that is KYT. I'd, right, rather, right. I'd rather do that in a car while bumping the gathering with you guys. You know what I mean? Yeah, we, we got to get you in, a, in Frankie's car one time, Medina, so we can we listen to the gathering at like high high volume and just like bust out the moves. Well, I'm not what, sure. Like my car doesn't have that good of a suspension, so I'm not sure if that's uh, safe. Oh, because Medina yeah. weighs so much. In the giant Mexican <laughs> boobs. That's right. That's right, man. Hopefully, we'll all meet at San Francisco. Yeah. And uh, is Frankie's car going to be there then? <laughs> oh no, <laughs> probably not. It's and with that, uh, yeah, just like you guys paint me with these big man boobs and stuff, and I think it's really taking a toll. On my like uh, my persona, because when people meet me, when people meet me, they expect to see this huge guy with big man boobs, and they're like, "You're John Medina? Oh, hey, how's it going?" <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say that it made you suffer from PMS or something. No, 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 no. So, 
So anyways, I got one more, uh, one more shout out here. Uh, uh, Matt Cranstuber. Uh, he's Kstube on, uh, Twitter. And J.R. Wade. He's, uh, the Jer, the J-R-R-R on Twitter. All three of us are doing something awesome. And, uh, it's really cool working with those two guys. So I just want to give a big shout out to those guys. Hey, uh, uh, just a quick question. Um, like I saw a video that gets uh like it it got tagged on at the end of the magic show and uh, I think you were on there and I think JR was on there. Yeah, yeah, the uh the in inside the deck or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Who who's doing that? Is is that guy on uh, on uh, Twitter? Um I don't think he's on Twitter. Uh his name is Richard Castle and uh he's doing uh He's doing a lot. He's like a film student, and he's doing a lot of uh, f- like magic kind of documentary stuff. And he's awesome. Um, so like you guys should definitely check out his stuff. It's on. Uh, he has a YouTube channel, and uh, it's basically all this stuff. There's one from uh, GP Nash, not Nashville, uh, GP Denver, and there's some other ones. So you should definitely check those out. It's kind of funny. Like he was talking about the price of legacy. And I was there, but he didn't like interview me or like know or anything, you know. So he's just talking to all these dudes about the price of legacy. <laughs> well, maybe he, he wanted didn't to talk know. About he didn't knowledge. know you were a star, man. <laughs> yeah, man. He didn't know I was a superstar. He didn't know I was a rock star. <laughs> oh, well, that's PYT. Okay, get it right. Yeah, that's the MTG rock star. Okay, you can be the financial guru. Hey, that's not funny. That's not funny. <laughs> oh, so we're we're done. Yeah, peace out, guys. See you next episode. That was crazy talk. <laughs> oh man, I thought you <laughs> forgot. <laughs> that was good. <laughs>